Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, episode 25. My name is Ron. Today I'm joined by the full cast, the full crew, starting with James. Yo, yo, yo. And Mondo. Hey, what's up? All right, we are back on our regular schedule. Probably this week, you'll be getting three episodes. Uh, the two of them went out. Uh, James, uh, how you been, man? What's up? Still coming over whatever sickness I have. I have a little bit of a cough uh, still ongoing, so I hope everyone bears with me. All right, and uh, Mondo, what you been up to? Uh, let's see, movie pass, school, and lack of sleep due to... Uh... A certain video game that just uh, came out last week. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about each of those in, in due time. Uh, well, why don't we start out with uh, MoviePass then? Uh, this is something that uh, you guys jumped on immediately. And uh, I guess only Mondo has gotten a chance to use it. Did, James, did you even get your pass in the mail yet? Or only Mondo? I have, but I have not had a time to use it. Okay. Away this past weekend. Okay, so then Mondo, tell us about how it went. So uh, it went pretty cool. Um, James uh, told me uh, ahead of time I have to be like near the vicinity of the theater, um, and also uh, when you get your card, download the Movie Pass app, and it'll tell you the same thing. You have to be within a hundred yards of the movie theater that you want to go see your movie in. So I went over to the Century Eight over the past weekend, and I wanted to catch the movie It. Uh, which is a remake of a of an old classic back in the mid '90s. It was a miniseries turned into a movie. Um, what I found out is that it works to a certain extent. Uh, when I say that, is that it doesn't know that the movie sold out at certain points or at certain times of the oh. day. But what's really cool with the app, though, if the movie is sold out, um, you can just hit back on the app itself and it'll refund your funds so you can choose another movie so um because of the movie pass you're only allowed one movie per day if you don't buy your ticket then that ticket doesn't go to waste like say oh i wanted to watch it because i made the purchase or you didn't make the purchase you can go back and select another movie so that's in my case i had to go choose another movie and i picked uh, now mondo was that instant or is it take a little bit of time no, actually, when we did like either the- it was actually instant um when i picked it and i was like okay uh basically just said okay go to the kiosk and buy your ticket so when i went to the kiosk they told me like oh hey it's sold out i'm like whoa I'm like okay so i had to back out <laughs> so i went outside and i did it electronically and that's when i saw the uh the options for other movies that day and i'm like you know what i really don't want to see leap i don't want to see these other movies so I saw the uh, Hitman's Bodyguard that day, which was not sold out. What do you do with the What do you do with the card, though? Yeah, let me ask you a question on, on that note. Is I'm confused. So you have the app, but then you went to the kiosk in the movie theater. Um, yeah, because uh, I was just looking at everything outside. So I was just like, uh, let me just try it. You know, uh, I went I went in there blindly basically, and just went like, okay, let me go see it. One p.m. And then uh, what the app does, it gives you the the funds in that movie pass. Uh, MasterCard that they send you over the mail. So I went in there and I told them, hey, can I get a 1 p.m. showing for it? And they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, it's sold out. I was like, oh, okay. So I just kind of backed out and I did the uh, kiosk uh, thing in the outside electronically because there was a line. I didn't want to wait in line again and be shut down. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just buy the ticket outside. That'll make things easier. I know it's available. I know which movies are not sold out. When I figured that out, I went into the app and I said, hey, Hitman's Bodyguard, 1 p.m. And then instantly they go, okay, here's your funds. Go buy your movie ticket. And they give you a time limit. So basically you have 30 minutes from the time you picked your movie to buy your movie ticket. Unfortunately, you can't buy your tickets electronically. Um, in, in, certain, in certain movie theaters, you could do it, but they're going to ask you for like a certain code. And you'll find that code in your uh, movie pass profile. In, within the app. This sounds like a pain in the butt to use. Uh, not really. It's, no. no. If it's free, if it makes the movies cheap, yep. it's worth it. It doesn't sound that much of a trouble. Sounds like you, all you need to do is just uh, pre, pre-load your card by picking the movie and then you're just using that to swipe. It's no different than just buying a ticket at the, uh, at the actual theater, I guess, other than having to just uh, pre-load the card as an extra step. Correct. Is that yep. right? Sounds yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't seem that bad. Seems like it's worth it to me. If it works, it works, right? 
Yep, and it did work. Uh, I was able to see that movie, and then uh, I think I'm I'm gonna go catch it tomorrow. So, you know, Chris Jericho's it. I'd love to know how it works if you want to pick up an additional ticket for a guest. Like, you know, do you have to go do that separate transaction, or you know, how how would that work? Uh, separate transaction. Get the seats right next to each other. That, that would uh-huh. be a separate transaction. Uh, that's actually part of the uh, FAQs within the app, which is really cool. Um, they did mention that. Um, if you want to buy another ticket for another person, uh, what they would have you do is that you can add another person into your account and you can do it that way. But they would have to pay another $10 or what? Uh, yes, you would have to pay the uh, other $10. Correct. That makes sense. I guess because they're only loading your card enough for that one ticket you're purchasing. Is that how that works? Correct. Okay. Sounds cool. All right. Well, what'd you think of Hitman's Bodyguard? Um, it was really funny. Um, very underrated movie. I really wish they would have pushed the fact that Gary Oldman is in it and he plays the villain. And when he does play a villain, it's it's really great. I like how he he's such a methodical actor. So it's it's really well worth it. Um, action scenes are great. Uh, Storyline it's kind of generic. Basically, uh, one guy destroys the other guy's life by doing something terrible. It doesn't find out until like say mid movie. And they're trying to figure things out. It, it's a pretty good buddy buddy comedy movie. They emphasize a lot of love in this movie, which is kind of corny. But I'm like, hey, I like seeing dead bodies more, though. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I know that you also saw Logan Lucky. And this is something that I saw as well. This is a movie uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. You'll recognize him from uh, Ocean's Eleven. And um, this is a movie, um, let me read the IMDb description. Two brothers attempt to pull off a heist during a NASCAR race in North Carolina. Now, guys, I went into this movie cold. I had no idea what it was about. I just saw the stars and I saw a car in the background of the poster. I said, this must be some type of a Gone in 60 Seconds type of movie. Uh, And it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a heist movie. And, uh, you know... I was entertained by the movie, but I don't think it's a great movie. I found that the characters were very cartoonish. I don't know if they were making fun of these uh, Carolina accents or it just seemed to be laying it on really thick. And, uh, you know, I felt like the characters didn't seem realistic to me, much less being able to pull off a heist to this sophistication. Mondo, what did you think? Well, that's the joke, though. It's like these guys are a very unlikely uh, group of people, uh, attempting this heist and it was funny to see uh daniel craig's southern accent uh being uh, portrayed in this movie which was really amazing to me i i I got a good kick out of it um and his character was joe bang he's one of the most memorable characters in the movie um what i didn't like though was uh i believe uh seth MacFarlane is in this yeah he was the uh english i guess uh racer Uh, uh, he plays an australian Australian. like pro nascar driver which in and of itself try to wrap your head around that yeah. uh, you know and it's just like he stood out i agree with you even more so and i guess that's probably what that's why i i agree with you i liked uh daniel craig because he's like bordering on going over the top but not quite and still nailing it and being funny but uh i just didn't understand what you know Seth, uh, what's his last name? Seth, Seth Rogen? <laughs> no, <laughs> Seth Green. Seth MacFarlane <laughs> was trying to do with, with this character. So, yeah, I, I wasn't enjoying that part. Yeah, of that. I just felt like everybody was pretty much uh, well-represented uh, character-wise, character-building in this movie. And they just kind of threw Seth MacFarlane's character right in there, which was okay, kind of like a comedy relief. But everything else was just, in my opinion, it was comedic gold. Everything they did, everything, the way they acted, the way they... Uh, they got themselves in certain situations. It was just, it was just an all-out blast. I really enjoyed the movie. Cool. Well, it sounds like you liked it a little bit more than I did, uh, James. Based on our description, does this sound like something you'd be interested in? Um, <clears throat> I'm normally not a big fan of Steven Soderbergh movies. Some of them are okay. Like I like Out of Sight. I thought Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen were all overrated. Um, uh, he has an interesting style um, where a good use of color. Um, and things like that. I think my favorite movie of his is Traffic, um, an old Benicio del Toro movie at this point. 
But uh, I don't know. This is something I'll probably wait till a uh, home release of rather than going to theater or uh, movie pass. But um, I have to be in the mood for these kind of movies. I'll set you up for the mood. There is a uh, got reference, which everybody was laughing in the theater, which I didn't get. Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yes, so there's a great uh, joke scene for Game of Thrones that if you're familiar with it, uh, Mondo went right over your head, it seems like. Oh, but uh, uh, Way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But uh, yeah, uh, James, I would say probably wait for this one uh, for, for later. Sounds good. All right. Um, well, let's get into some news. We won't cover too much. Probably the biggest one is that... Uh, James, I think you called this one when you posed the hypothetical question in last episode of what do you think if J.J. Abrams will come back to direct episode 9? I'm Nostradamus. James is Nostradamus. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I wholesomely approve. Um, out of the directors, I, I don't remember what I mentioned last week, but J.J. Abrams and Rian Johnson, the one that's doing episode 8, were, would be my... Uh, top pick, uh, especially since they're already, you know, part of the universe and know where to end it. So at least it's a consistent, um, at least, at least you know it's going to be consistent. That's my main thing. Uh, all these different directors, they could have different styles and different outlook on things and which can cause the movies to be either good and bad and not consistent. That's what the problem with Harry Potter. Uh, series I thought personally like the first two movies were the same director but I didn't like those first two movies and when they switched it up to the third director um, third movies director which was the Revenant director it was so much better and, and it got better moving forward from there uh, with that said J.J. Abrams I there has been nothing that he has made that was not entertaining or at least uh, I mean uh, not there was nothing that he's made that's been bad or at least not entertaining. And I, you know, as long as people are speculating that he may be doing uh, just solely based on the f- episode seven that they think they're just like redo, maybe Return of the Jedi or just give you another Death Star. And that's how they're going to end it. I doubt it's going to go that route. I well, think that, that was my joke to you, but I have no idea. I was just uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I, you know, he's writing it um, again. So. I have full faith in J.J. Abrams. He provided such an excellent uh, movie in episode seven. Um, I do understand, you know, people not liking the callbacks to the original being too close. But that was the whole point, I think, because it was trying to get old crowd and new crowd get that feeling in. But uh, episode eight and nine, I feel it's going to be a whole new fresh take. And I'm curious to see how J.J. Abrams ends it. But you guys. Uh, Mondo, you go first. I'm hoping for some entertainment. I love this uh, Star Wars take. Uh, Star Trek, I'm sorry. Star Trek take. So uh, I hope we get to see, you know, his vision come to a first uh, full circle. And I hope to hear sabotage in the background in one of the movies. That wasn't directed by him, oh, though. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> that was the most recent Star Trek and where they had sabotage and that. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Justin Lin. That was From Justin Lin. Yeah, he like fully integrated that. <laughs> Um, in the first Star Trek, there was sabotage in there, but like for half a second yeah, but, in the beginning. But then the next but two, they just kind of have scene. like what they had it for like what over a minute. <laughs> so um, I agree with you, James, that I liked all of J.J. Abrams' movies. I even like Star Trek Into Darkness and a lot of people hate on that movie. I had no problems with it. I rewatched most of it the other day, not the other day, but you know, a couple months ago. And I don't get what the problem is. Yeah, it was still uh, entertaining. It was still like yeah. exciting and like intriguing, fast paced. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about that movie in which it introduces a, a somewhat of a familiar character and, and in a different way, I'm fine with that. I guess just my initial reaction was I just don't want the same thing to happen today because what ha- for me what happened with Force Awakens is that it made such a great first impression. But the more you really sit down to think about it, you're like, Wow, this is just really a lot of callbacks to Episode Four, Star Wars, and can we do something more? You know, and and I guess this, we'll have a better indication of where this is going after Episode uh, Eight. You know, if we see this going in an entirely different direction, good. Um, but I just that's just my concern is I don't want this to be, you know, the same thing as Return of the Jedi. You know, I just want him to have a new storyline for it and i'll be happy with that said um you know how you're saying you don't want it to kind of like emulate the original um 
format, do you think, even though it's not J.J. Abrams, episode eight is going to go the quote-unquote Empire Strikes Back route? Yes, it is. Where it's going yes, to have uh, bad guys winning, uh, Look, dark. Um, Look, okay. I have not seen one trailer for episode eight but you've seen the toys <laughs> no i have not seen oh yeah well i walked into the big old displays there but right the, the, what i can tell you i think this movie is going to be about is you now have a young aspiring jedi going to a far off planet to discover a jedi in hiding does that sound familiar <laughs> who will then train her to use her full abilities of the force no, that sounds new to me <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I see where you're getting at. <laughs> now, now, if something happens and then she can't complete her training, oh my goodness, where are we going with this? But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I just, yeah, you know, I really want to know more of where this is going. But I have no concerns with the quality of, of the movie. It's just like... You know, I, I really did want this story to go in a new direction or explore new territory. I feel you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, did anyone see any TV shows recently? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, season three, Season right? three, episode seven. Is it over with? No, uh, I believe you still got at least five, maybe six more episodes left to go before the uh, season's end. And it's... Okay, how are you liking it? Amazing. It's funnier than the last two, and... Yeah, this season has been like amazing. Yeah. Tell him, Mario. It's just, it's over the top. Uh, you're getting to see a lot more of these uh, multiverse uh, Ricks and Mortys, and we get to see the uh, the newly reborn Citadel, which was uh, this week's episode, and it reintroduces a character from season one, episode ten, and it is with the uh, you know a spoiler alert that you know it reintroduces a uh, evil Morty. And the way he got into power, and it's just, man, it's just, I'm just salivating. I want more. <laughs> you alerted Ron. He hasn't seen anything. I know, I know, I know. I knew, <laughs> I knew he was going to kill it for me. You're so, not even going to watch it's it. It's not that. No, no, no. Uh, I am slowly making my way. I like Rick and Morty, but it's one of those things that I just kind of watch when I have a bit of a time to burn, but I don't really dedicate the full time to watch it. It's weird when you like something, but you don't. Watch it as much. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that, so I'm barely on episode like, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Season one. I'm sorry. Season one. Yeah, Rick and Morty. I, I feel is like one of those shows, kind of like um, I don't know, Game of Thrones. It's just an example, but it's one of those must-watch like days. Like Sunday is Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty. That's like I have to watch those. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's especially this season. It's been very anticipated and has been uh, you know better than expectations so far and this season has gone really dark um and it's weird how uh with different takes because usually you know outside looking in the show is like it seems like a kind of a comedic show but there's a lot of undertones and um good references overarching like like stories that are actually very meaningful and deep and it's getting into a place that's surprisingly dark and i think you would enjoy it as long as you give it time yeah, I, I definitely have to dedicate more to it. I think the last episode I left off on was like Pluto. I'm oh. talk about Pluto. Pluto. <laughs> Did you just get to uh, the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, dog? The dog robot? Oh. No, not yet. Mr. Snuffles? Not yet. So, Mr. Yeah, so, Mr. Sparkles. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so uh, I, I definitely want to check that out, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a while before I get to episode, uh, I'm sorry, to season three. Uh, but. Uh, Glad to hear that is good. Um, I myself have uh, finished off the second season of Insecure uh, on HBO. Uh, Are you James, caught up now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm caught up, and, and the season's over now. I at eight episodes. Over. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and file this under shows in which I like the supporting cast more than I like the main character. Oh yeah, of course. In, in you know, in spite of the main character, right? Um, and so. It's entertaining. It's good music. Uh, you know, it's, it shows a lot of obviously diversity. <laughs> one of the things that I don't know if you mentioned this, James, but probably one of the most graphic sex scene shows. Uh, <laughs> I really, I don't mind a long time. I don't mind. I don't mind all the fluids that fly around too in that show. Um, but 
I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're wearing goggles. It's definitely earning its HBO rating for sure. Um, but just in a way that you're not used to seeing, you know, sex scenes. It's just not that it's like super bad, but it's just Such a prude, more. Man. They're wearing, no, it's just uh, more than you're used to seeing. What's so different? <laughs> oh, nudity. <laughs> right, close your eyes. There's sex going on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it's, I'm going to continue to watch it. My girlfriend loves the show. Um, and I want to see where it goes. <clears throat> and what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I and highly entertained. I don't think it's as good as the first season, but it ended a lot better than it started this specific season. Um, and I highly recommend it for anyone out there looking for entertaining kind of, uh, I guess, I, I I guess you could say sort of semi-realistic takes. Like it's kind of relatable, not in the sense for you relating to the main characters, but you've seen, you know, people like this. Well, I personally do, or like experienced uh, drama such as this. So some of the things are a little. I wouldn't say over the top, but um, it's it's interesting, like scenarios that they get into. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, the only thing I started, I haven't finished yet, is Narcos season three. Uh, just make it real quick. If you like the other two, it's on par. I wouldn't say it's as good as second season. I thought second season was spectacular, but it's on par with the first season so far, since it's more of a establishing um, the main. Uh, I guess you could say the main, you know, villains and the, their setup because it's not the same as the first two. I don't know if you guys seen the first two, but it's not an anthology, sh- anthology show, but it continues. It technically continues, but it's off a uh, different uh, set of bad guys, essentially. Oh, okay. Because the, I stopped at season one, um, and it was at a very far point near the decline of the Escobar sort of. Uh, I don't know what to call it, like phase in his life and i'm like well this is almost near the end of everything what what's there left to tell a lot um, trust me season so two is crazy you say season two is even better man i gotta get back on that then so yeah yeah, yeah and season three is um it's not the same let's say okay <laughs> all right fair enough Mamanda, have you watched uh, the show i'm right there with you man i've only seen season one and uh you know uh i'll give season two a chance Pedro yeah, Escobar is your people's, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so many good shows, and it's just like I have trouble sort of like placing a priority because, you know, I don't like to binge anything. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch one episode of this, then this, then this, and then I forget about where I started with. And yeah, so uh, I got to write stuff down as far as what I want to watch and like make a sort of ranking chart or something. <laughs> or show. All right, well... Let's get into some, uh, do we talk video game news first or video game, what we've been playing first? What do you want to do? You do what you're playing. Okay, well, um, this week I think uh, everyone's playlist is going to be full of uh, Destiny 2. James, I know you were out of town. I just want to check your... out there? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was saying uh, most of us have been playing... There you went. Well, Destiny uh, 2, Armando, you can start you it out of town, so I just want to see so I'm the progress you're playing that you've made. Destiny. Yeah, but I really don't want to talk about Destiny 2 at the at the moment. Uh, I did play something else before Destiny 2, and it's a little okay. game called Everybody's Golf. Uh, it's on the oh, Sony yeah. PS4, you know, uh, you might have heard of this title, uh, also known here in the United States as uh, Hot Shots Golf. It's uh, very popular, it started back in the PS1 days. And it's slowly transitioned to the, uh, you know, PS2, PSP, believe in the PSP, uh, sorry, PS Vita. And um, I really enjoyed this game on the PS4. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a PS4 Pro, so I can play with uh, HDR, but the gra- uh, graphics themselves are amazing. It's like a little mini RPG. Um, you start playing golf, um, and you can level up your clubs, basically, by timing it correctly, by getting perfect impacts on... Either clubs uh, ranging from sand wedges, putting wedges, <clears throat> your 9-iron, 7-iron, 3-iron. I love it. I'm doing it so far. And it's really cool. You can play online against other people and you can kind of like uh, see them. And they do like these little uh, character uh, emotes. They either fall or do their little golf swing. It's really fun. It's very uh, interactive when you're playing online. Now, is there like a lot of online features? Like do you level up a character or what exactly do you do? Like a progression or is it like a story campaign other than golfing? Other than golfing is just simply progression. You just want to make your uh, avatar more stronger, 
by doing so, you're collecting coins. And you're competing against pretty much other people ranked online if they want to uh, put like official, you know, uh, I believe, I'm just going to go with stats because I'm not sure what they call it in golf. Maybe it is stats. But you could always see like the leaderboards, who's doing good, who's doing bad, and where you stack against everybody else. But it's really cool. I, I really enjoy this game, even though it's just progression. There is no story involved. Um, I guess there is. I mean, you can unlock other characters, so to speak, by collecting their cards. And after a couple of games in a certain course, um, you can get challenged by the uh, NPCs. And once you beat them, you can unlock more gear for your characters. Unfortunately for me, I've been unlocking a lot of female items. Maybe the game is trying to tell me something. <laughs> Hold on. But, Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, can I get like a maybe a wife beater? Because like my guy looks straight up cholo-ish with my uh, low shorts, <clears throat> high top socks. <laughs> Am I a little? Uh... Oh man, it's just funny. Have you played people online yet, though? Or no, uh, I have, and I keep coming in last because I guess the uh, they're they're pretty high up. They kind of keep you in the same area, basically, in in terms of uh, a ranking. Right now, my rank is like about seven, so they kind of keep you, you know, up or down. Basically, you'll see a couple of people in rank six, maybe rank eight. I think the highest I've seen was like three ranks above me. But even then, they were kind of bad. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all about your play style. I can see that that one person was really good with their uh, putting wedge. So uh, they would land, like, really, really far off. But they would make this amazing putt shot. And I'm like, wow, like, that that's unbelievable for me. I mean, I mean, if you're a golf fan, you'll like this game. It's really easy to get into. It's very, uh, the UI is very user-friendly. And it's a lot of fun. I like it. it looks, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. I haven't had a chance. I've been a little busy, but uh, I've been meaning to play with you one time once you get time from Destiny. Oh, man, I'm going to have to make time away from Destiny. It's kind of like burning me out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you, you got another game on your DS. What is that? Um, yeah, it's uh, Fire Emblem's uh, Echoes of Shadow or Shadow of Echoes. I think I'm getting the uh, title confused right there, but um, it's the latest installment for the Fire Emblem series, um, which is from an old classic. It's, Fire, I believe, Fire Emblem 2, which is remade into the nintendo ds and man i gotta tell you this is a fun game um it's very it's a, it might be a little bit difficult to get into because of the user interface um you really can't load certain weapons to your characters so what it does is that it'll create the best stats for your character and the ai will pick it for you and then once you're in battle it's really cool because you have the option of letting the computer take over your game just for one round. Um, you can have them, you know, go out and attack the opponent, go defense, or just kind of gather up and regroup, which so it's is kind of really like an cool. autoplay type thing? Like an autoplay, but just for one round. Um, and you have the option of doing that every round. So if you're just kind of like, you want to breeze through this game, you can actually have the computer play for you every round. But I haven't done that, uh, which was cool because i'm trying to play classic so i'm trying to keep everybody alive the only drawback is that i got myself killed i i got my main character killed and i got a game over so now i know if i my main character dies then it's pretty much game over everybody's permadeath and then you know i just got to reload the game um i i just wish there was an ending or something like some kind of funny thing like if you die and then you know they show what happens to the kingdom or or whatnot but <laughs> Now, is this game a like prequel, or is this a new story that's after, um, what is it, Emblems? Was that the last one? Um, Emblems Fates. was the last one. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you're right. It's uh, Fates, Birthright. Um, this is just like a rehash of an old uh, Fire Emblem that came out uh, way back when. And it's just with the updated graphics. And the real cool part about this is that you can explore dungeons and gather items or recruit members into your party. Uh, I've only gone into two dungeons so far. One was like, I believe like a cemetery and the other one was a cave. And I was able to recruit uh, this one guy. And I think that was it. But um, once in there, you fight like either goblins or depending on the terrain, it's really cool. You can unlock uh, better weapons and better items. Um, there's a fatigue meter once you're inside the dungeon, so like there'll be uh, smiley, happy faces, and then at the end of the match, you'll see them kind of progressively getting angry or sad or depressed. So if they're depressed, like you may want to switch out your characters and say like, hey, you know, you're gonna sit this one out. Or if you get into battle, what you can do because I guess they're not uh, really enjoying the uh, 
the battle experience uh, per se, that one character, you can just have them kind of retreat or just hang back, and then they'll kind of like thank you for it at the end of the at the end of the match. So it's somewhat really deep. I'm really enjoying it. I really like these uh, strategy RPG games, um, and I'm trying to do this without getting any of my party members killed, and especially me since I already died. So do you just redo the battle if one person dies? Um, if it's my main character, then I would have to redo it. Uh, if one of the other uh, sub characters dies or the people in your party, you just keep on going. Sounds good, Mondo. I'm playing, still playing a game similar to what you are. It is uh, Mario Rabbids. Loving it. It's definitely not as in depth as Fire Emblem or XCOM, but uh, still great in the game nonetheless. Looking forward to telling you guys how it goes. I took it on a plane recently, and it, it was a great time waster. Um, I hate plane trips, and this alleviated the. Uh, you know, I'm sitting down for so long because uh, at least I have my mind focused on other things. Guys, Looks like we got Ron I'm back. back. I'm back, guys. All right. Sorry about that. My internet connection cut out for a short time, but I am back. Uh, James, I have a question for you. I heard some discussion in a podcast about the game getting noticeably difficult or taking a different turn after World 3 of Rabbids. Uh, How do you World feel about one. that? After World 1, that's when it starts to get hard. Um, I wouldn't... Awesome. It's not fast. World One's actually kind of long, but I would like to say that World One is quite a long. It was. It's pretty much a, a tutorial, like one long tutorial, but it's done gradually, where it feels like uh, a little. It feels smooth, where it's there's there's more hand holding and teaching you things on the mechanics. But like essentially, right by near the end of World One, you get you unlock all the features and um, to the game. So basically, your secondary uh, attack powers, your ability to buy weapons, upgrade them, um, that stuff opens up. And then once you get to World Two, you're pretty much on your own, and it gets kind of hard because as the game keeps going, um, they keep introducing new enemy types uh, that are not in World One. So it makes it harder because you got to think on the fly. Um, because in the first world, when they're introducing these new character types, they kind of guide you on what their weakness is and how to take on them. But these new ones, you kind of have to figure out on your own. So it does get harder uh, after World 1. Okay, well, let us know. Keep us updated on that one. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the main event of video game, which is Destiny 2. Uh, James, I, I guess I just had, before we got cut off, I wanted to check in on your status. I know you were out of town, and I wanted to see if you had a chance to play this a little bit more. I did not. Okay, so we're going to go off your initial impressions still from last week. Uh, but Mondo, you fell asleep last week because of this game. Yeah. We're anxious <laughs> to hear your feedback on it. <laughs> Why don't you start us off? In one word, amazing uh yeah i took uh pretty much like about a week off just so i can get uh, my bearings straight for school but i guess uh, destiny 2 came out didn't plan that or maybe i did wink wink uh so it took up a lot of my time but man i gotta tell you uh story-wise uh magnificent i think they uh got the storytelling right this time around um uh, as far as i may have to dispute play, you on that even with the little segment that i played oh okay <laughs> I, I find that um the campaign is cool, but the story, I think, is a little in- inaccessible um, so for someone like me. Maybe not for you guys, because I don't know what's going on, uh, essentially. And I don't know, really, these characters and why they're doing what they're doing. Or I'm not why, but, like, just everybody. Um, it, it, it's not a very good onboarding for new players, but the campaign uh, for the little that I played is has been excellent so far. That's just my little dispute. Oh, well... Uh- but yeah, I mean, the overall gameplay, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, the the lore now is actually in the game, so to speak. You don't have to go uh, online to figure out, hey, you know, this item has a backstory. Now I got to go get a Grimoire card and uh, go see this uh, information on the website. No, it's, uh, it's very brief. Um, I thought what they would do differently or maybe uh, just add a lot of information within the game. Kind of like, I guess, what... James is uh, saying as well, uh, I wish there was more, maybe like a little cinematic here and there in regards to certain exotic items or something that's important within the realm of Destiny 2. But other than that, I, I like the fact that there's a lot more uh, public events. There's a public event um, timer uh, on your maps now. Um, there's a lot of things to do, and it's, it's just great. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Like I said, I've already played like what? 40 plus hours and it's only been out for a week 
Yeah, we've definitely been hitting it to very hard. Um, we finished the campaign. I now know what it's like to sort of hit the second part of the end game, which is to grind for it. And one thing that I, I will give it some criticism for is for giving you a, an idea of how to progress or what the best method is. Um, they had these things called milestones. And if you think logically, well, I want to take care of those first, they're marked for me already. But that's kind of doing you a disservice because it's going to drop you an item that if you would have waited on it, it will be more valuable later on when you're at a higher uh, light level. So, and there's not an indication on what the blue items kind of cap out at. So I could see that being an issue for James. Now, obviously, you could ask us questions. But for new players, in terms of how to progress, that is a little bit difficult. Uh, one thing for me that I... I'm not liking is the uh, the four player uh, multiplayer. This was reduced from six players, and the idea was that it was very hectic. Everyone was using their super, everyone was throwing grenades, and that if you scaled back to four people, it would be more manageable. But it, and I've seen other people write articles on this. Is you have a single player that is a three man fire team, and then you know when you go to player versus player you now have to find a fourth or a, a fourth person comes in and he has no idea what your communication is you're probably not involved in the party in the chat with them or the opposite scenario which is you started playing multiplayer and then you want to do some single player content well now one person's got to hit the road so I, I don't like that sort of imbalance and 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 the way that you or if you had played with your raid team that was six players, but then if you guys want to do some matches of uh online before a raid, you know, everyone has to kind of split up. So, what do you think about that, Mondo? Well, there's always going to be an imbalance if you think about uh Destiny 1, it was three players, and then you got three in the uh what crucible, so six and six in the raid. Like, okay, that that kind of pans out to a certain extent. Uh, Destiny 2, it's three and four with six being the raid um i don't mind it too much i i do find it a lot better that it's reduced to four on four um i don't know why people are complaining like oh it's it's more manageable i, I like the fact that there's less supers in pvp this time around um and i like the fact that nobody's chucking grenades like at a constant basis so it's more competitive it's more strategic um i find myself playing crucible alone most of the time um uh, and I know one of our friends, Tim, does the same thing, too. Uh, we were both talking about this last night, actually, and where Tim didn't enjoy it too much. And his points were valid. Basically, like you said, you're in there. You don't know what the other people are doing. Nobody wants to join the fire team chat. So yeah. there's a lack of communication. I just told Tim, like, look, Tim, if you're in there, nobody knows who you are. I think that makes it better. There's less stress coming on you because, you know, there's nobody going to be talking, you know, uh, bad about you like oh you can't get the kill or whatever just kind of follow them kind of see how they play and try to try to adjust to their gameplay style that's what i tend to do when i go in there alone i kind of i kind of follow the the other people and i kind of see what they try to do initially and if i see that it's working like okay i'll stay behind them i'll take a couple of shots and i'll do that if i don't see like they're disorganized then i'm like hey you know what i'm throwing my hands up in the air i know we can't win every game right james Oh, I well, agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah, go you, yeah, you got to go into it not expecting to win. And if you end up winning, even better. But uh, if you are putting in work, I kind of want everyone else to as well. But I don't see that. Well, I can't comment too much on this because I only played literally one PvP match. And from that one match that I did... Uh, play i did like the four versus four uh that's a major improvement with that said i didn't find too much difference in terms of the actual gameplay portion of the pvp no um, it's a big change it's a big change uh not for me to notice yeah. anyways other yeah. than other okay. than the lack of, other than the less amount of people which i find a lot better um did you notice that there was a less use of supers yeah i guess yeah. um i still find it like impossible to stop someone that is still has the soup once they do get the super um 
I'm not a fan of that. Uh, but you know, as a as from part one to part two, I did find the actual lessening the amount of people uh, a better step. But the actual gameplay portion, I didn't find too different. Um, and it's passable, passable to me from that one. So let me answer the with a little pro tip. Um, basically, if you have enough distance, because if you're too close, anything's going to kill you with the super. That's the point of it. Um, but if you're far enough away, you want to switch to your energy weapon, which is the one that has like an elemental damage that will do more damage. You don't have to match it, but that will do more damage to someone with a super on. So that's and also I like how the game notifies you which people on the team have supers activated. Their little icons will light up. That's a little more, you know, you can kind of hide out if you want to or you can switch to that weapon when you see it. So uh, one of yeah. the big changes that I was referencing was uh, for the power ammo. That used to be available on a more constant basis, like literally every minute or so a box would open up and you would get sniped more constantly. And now there, you have to kind of camp out those lo- locations strategically to get these powerful weapons that can ki- kill you in one hit. So it, it does in- introduce a little more strategy to it and uh, yeah, you don't that. see it as much. Yeah, you definitely I, I, rely more on your primaries. I, I do, uh, so, though. I, I do I do appreciate that they added a little bit more elements of uh information to you such as that like you know on top they kind of copied the rainbow six thing with the characters on top and what class they are um and uh the I guess the lack of power weapons I guess I don't, I, I don't know the ammo the only thing is like for someone for me that didn't play the first one that much none of that is explained to you like oh I, to, to, to beat the guy with the special uh, I need to have an energy weapon. What if I don't have that? You know, it's like, yeah. I almost wasn't know that. And then it still makes it very hard to, uh, it, it's even with, let's say I did have that power. These powers are so, um, so OP that like, it is because like for example i don't know what that class is doing with the staff when he swings it kind of teleports them like how am i supposed to know where that's the trajectory towards kind of like auto aim or something uh uh, yeah say it was sitting with a titan i mean it it falls with with their shield thingy it's 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 almost like if you if you see someone with a special it's like impossible to not to win that fight that's just my grab. That's Unless it. you're at a distance. Yeah. Well, but that's everything. That's like if you're fighting against a gun at a distance, you're less likely to get shot too. But uh, in terms of having a special, uh, and especially in the smaller maps, it's kind of hard to get away from. Um, yeah, I mean, it is an instant kill. I like that. It's it's something that for me, as someone that is not the most skillful gunplay person, I like it that at least at one point in the match, I'll have a couple of satisfying, you know, instant kills for me. Uh, but you never know. Sometimes, and this may be a strategy to yourself, you can hang on to your own super in the event that someone comes at you and then just kind of you can take them out of it with your super. Right. I mean, but that was the same thing as the first game, though. That wasn't any different. Yeah. That's why yeah, I'm saying yeah. that that part isn't different uh, at all from yeah. the first game, but uh, yeah, as it, it's it it favors like if you, it's kind of like Call of Duty where if you get a kill streak and you get the power and then you get to yes. so similar yes. things of that nature. But um, I find that at least in Call of Duty you can avoid whatever uh, kill streak that is uh, raining upon you. This one is a little bit difficult to do that. I do know you know at least they put the little indicator up there. But if you like physically see someone and they see you, it's pretty much over. If they you know, have the power. So. Uh, I will say this. I tried using my Arc Strider, the hunter who you were talking about. Uh, for some reason, if you really are at a distance and I saw three enemies, I rushed at them as best as I could. They all hit me with elemental. I was out in about yeah. three and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah, but that's um, that's uh, some uh, that's like uh, probably pre-existing Destiny players that know that. Yeah, there's nowhere that tells you. I didn't even know. Like nowhere in the game tells you that I have to use yeah, energy weapon against that. They, that has been a long time Destiny thing, and to some extent, part of what I like because I like looking stuff up. But they don't always communicate that, and I, you know, I'm following all the activities, all the the FAQs, and all that stuff, and watching the videos. Um, but yeah, I, I will agree that for newish players, it's not communicated. Yeah, and if someone like if I didn't have anyone that played the game, like such as you guys. And then yeah. I will never know. I will never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we're, well, we're curious to see your impressions. Uh, definitely, uh, James. I would recommend that you focus on finishing the campaign. We can always call up with you because it does introduce a lot more things that are locked unless you finish the campaign. 
So you want to make sure you, you do that as sort of your items to tackle on your list. Cool. And then the story missions will be like signified on my quest. Like I can tell which is which. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. And then after that, there's like side quests. And, and yeah, you'll get these that are kind of go deeper into the storyline um, that occur afterwards. And a lot of the times they lead to you getting a unique weapon. Or like um, the story. <laughs> yeah, uh, or sometimes it's just a story thing. So a lot of good things. Uh, if you're just messing around, do the public events. That's always a great way to level up, and they're fun to do, and it uh, encourages you to work out. Right now, they recently added uh, clan support. So anything you do, I think even completing the campaign, Mondo, am I right, gets you clan experience. Correct. What yeah, does that and do? So for you personally, when you contribute the max in a week, which is like 5,000 points, um, you'll get a, a unique item. It's a very high quality or high powerful item. Um, and then it will contribute to the clan's overall level in which eventually it will lead to like, you know, we get more, uh, more glimmer at certain times and it, it, there's tiers in which it unlocks certain benefits. The maximum is six levels and um, some of the weekly challenges is like, you know, going into the crucible as a clan uh the nightfall strike the raid strike the it's not trials of osiris i forgot what they call it now trials uh, of the nine trials of the nine there you go i knew there was a trials in there somewhere um but you don't necessarily have to do it um what we found out was that uh last week we uh ron my uh rooney and myself we finished the nightfall strike we got the reward for the clan but then also it unlocks for everybody so that's a really oh, cool part right there. Yeah, it did. Jack got a... Oh, that's why they were thanking us for yep. the reward. So, James, you might have something waiting for you. <laughs> no, it was not because it did the reset this Tuesday. So you have to clean oh. items before the initial reset. Yeah. Oh, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it kind of late. So that's why Jack okay. was like, man, I, I'm lucky I got on uh, to get the reward. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure that we'll be hitting that cap pretty uh, regularly. So, you know, we'll let you know when we hit that, James, and then you can get the rewards as well. Word. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get into some uh, video game news, uh, mostly Nintendo stuff. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on was that uh, there was an interview with uh, Reggie Fizame in which... Uh, he basically said... Say, say the last name again. It was Fizame, sexy. Fizame. 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 Uh, <laughs> and when she said, guys, don't be paying over sticker on these Nintendo classics. We're going to make more of them. Relax. Don't let uh, Think Geek put them in a bundle for 150 bucks. Don't pay it on eBay. Don't do all of this. There's going to be more of them. Now that being said, one, he like, didn't say how much is more. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. That's the million dollar question. Wait, did he you didn't say, say how many? Say the both Nintendo? of them. Oh, both of them. Oh. Super Nintendo. So, Nintendo. So he said, he said, uh, at launch or after launch, there will definitely be be significantly more SNES classics, and at some point in time in 2018, they do plan on reintroducing the NES classic. All right. So, if this were the case, if this was true, are you gonna pick one up? Yeah. For both. Yeah. If it is like to the point where I could just turn on Amazon and I'm not frantically trying to mash a button or buy a bot to uh, buy this thing, <laughs> and it's just I see no it bot. and it's there, yeah, then I can go ahead and pick this up. And it's funny because uh, I heard someone mention this, and it's probably true. They're just like, I don't even want to play the games. I just want this on my desk or on my shelf. It looks cool, and I'm probably gonna be the same way too. You know, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, James, you are you have a pre-order. You were successful to get a SNES classic. Oh, I'm lucky with that. I warned you. I well, I notified you guys. Yeah. Well, we didn't. Sure we did. quite no, fast no. enough. But uh, would you be interested in a regular NES classic? Uh, probably not at this point. Novelty was at the peak on on. <laughs> excuse me. Last year, but now that Super Nintendo one is out, I'm more, I have more fond memories of Super Nintendo games than I do Nintendo. Um, so I'm more, I'm, I'm less inclined to have it now, not that there's an SNES classic that exists. Okay, Mondo, what about you? Eh, that's my response. Eh. Okay. All right. 
Well, there was a Nintendo Direct uh, earlier today as we were recording this, and uh, they revealed a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I'm just going to go down these lists, and you guys tell me what you're interested in. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has a release date. I didn't play Part 1. I hear this is a good game, but, you know, I that's going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, who's interested in this one? Uh, I hear that series is great, but I've never played any, so I don't know if I'll just be lost jumping into this one. Uh... It's really, it's really great storytelling. I played like I think pretty much half the campaign. Uh, it's the Wii version, it's right? It's the Saga universe, right? I believe so. Um, it's really good. It's um, I hear it's it, good. Uh, just the storytelling from my recollection. Yeah, recollection is uh, really really intense. It, it has like this amazing dark undertone and and it has mechs, just, right? And it has mechs. It's just yeah. really. For me, it was really awesome because I'm like really into those type of things. When they mix them well, it's just amazing. Uh, I just feel bad because I never got to finish the game because uh, it wasn't my Wii. <laughs> my Wii Wii? Wii Wii? Okay, uh, James, you're the our resident Switch owner here. Skyrim on the Switch, any interest in that? Uh, when it's on sale. Okay, well, not that's coming out November 17th, but it will not be on sale. I love me some um, Skyrim. And then they're also saying Doom and oh, Wolfenstein number two. I heard about but, this. <laughs> so I don't know if this system can handle it. I don't know, man. It it, it ha- there's NBA 2K on it, and it looked good. So I would you take the reduced graphics for taking this on the road? Yes, anything I, that I can play the full, like kind of like the full game, and but on the go. I would prefer that because I, I have more time not on the TV than I do on the TV. And uh, I think I will be able to uh, appreciate it a little bit more. Well, I don't know about appreciate, but like I will have more chance to play it and beat it in a, in a little quicker time frame compared to when I play at home. Because I, I, I tend to bring my Switch with me, <coughs> excuse me, when I travel and to work. So like on my lunches or my breaks. Uh, I'll be, you know, that's how I beat Zelda. I played Zelda primarily 90% on, on mobile. Um, the only times I ever hook up to TVs if I need to play multiplayer Mario Kart with more than two people. But it's a, it's been a great handheld machine and I would love to play full console games on the go anytime. Cause like, I may be double dipping on NBA 2K cause I love that game so much and I want to play also on the go. That's how much I want to, like, that's how much like that portability has been so convenient for me well i mean i don't own a switch but for me these games are very big graphical showcases and i gotta imagine there's going to be some type of 4k support and so that's what i would lean towards um you know when these games come out later on um you know uh, to me you know still my main thing is the price uh it's still a single player game i don't know if i'm gonna buy even wolfenstein at launch but i will eventually get them and if they're on sale like for either of them whichever the cheaper one i'm good for either oh that reminds me that uh, la noir was going to be re-released and they're making a switch version but it has a slightly more expensive uh price tag for being on the switch any interest in uh revisiting that game um i actually like la noir a lot but i beat it I don't that game I don't think has much replayability if you've beaten it. I think I haven't played the DLC. Was there a DLC? I heard there was DLC. I forgot. Yeah, there was. I had the season pass. Uh, I, I passed all of those. Yeah, I haven't played those and maybe if it's on sale <clears throat> I'll go back to it, but uh I'm kind of curious to see how it looks. Though it's like a remaster, right? Yeah, um and they're going to be making it in 4K for the uh next or the current generation consoles. So, um Mata, did you play this uh game when it came out? Uh which game was that? Uh, LA Noir. Uh I don't know why. Uh I had a bug where it just uh I would I don't know, me saving games sometimes. It, <laughs> it just the data corrupted for some reason or the game froze at certain points in the game and I just said, "You know what? I'm not going to finish this." I just saw videos on Twitch, and I was like, hey, you know what, that that's good enough for me. Um, I, I like this game, um, and I'm curious to see what it looks like in high definition. Um, but I would definitely wait for a sale on this one, but uh, it could be something fun once I got a 4K setup going for it. Um, but obviously, I, I probably won't get this at launch. Um, well, let's continue with this, which is uh, Kirby. There's two of them, one on Switch, and then a 3DS Kirby Battle Royale. Um, 
I'm not interested in these. The Kirby games are solid, but I never really feel compelled to pick them up. They're solid, uh, but really short games sometimes. And uh, what on the Switch looks good though, because it has a four-player co-op. I dig platformers, and when they have co-op, even better. Are you just automatically gonna pick up every Nintendo license <laughs> game on Switch? <laughs> hey, so far they've, they've been nothing but quality. So okay, Nintendo has the okay. best first party. But uh, Kirby looks good. I like platformers. I didn't play. I haven't picked up everything. I haven't picked up Arms um, or Splatoon, even though I want that. Uh, but. I get the major games uh, as much as I can. Kirby, I can wait on, but Mario is the one that I'm, that's for sure. Okay, well, speaking of Mario, there, well, the game's coming out this holiday season, but there's going to be a special edition console. You guys know me. I love my special edition consoles, but they got to put more effort in it. Guys, here we go again. Just different color controllers and no changes to the console itself. It is a nice so red, though. It is a nice red, but two things. Number one, I'd like some artwork on the actual system itself. Put a sticker. And then, and then you know, the Switch has had its two color combinations for the Splatoon version, for the uh, Neon version. And where's your Mario and Luigi? There's no green here. It's just a red controller. What's going on here? This is Mario's game. Don't bring up Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He so... has his moment in Mario Rabbids. So I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to pass on this version of it as well. Well, so if you were to pick up a Switch at the moment to pick up Mario, you want to get the Mario bundle? Well, I guess I would because I do want to get Mario. And although I like the neon uh, controllers on the Splatoon, I think that's a Walmart exclusive. I have no interest in Splatoon whatsoever. So I probably wouldn't pick up that version of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably... We got to double check if it includes the game, by the way, because uh, remember what happened with the Metroid one. It looks like it does. It has okay, it in the good. box, so I imagine so. What okay. if I pitch this to you? Let me hear it. You don't want Splatoon, but you'd like the special edition. You get that? I get the Mario edition, and we just trade games. Ooh. Okay. Well, it's something to consider for later. Definitely something to consider. Um, all right. Well, speaking of limited edition consoles, here is a Pokemon theme new Nintendo 2DS XL. That is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, this is the revised 3DS. I'm just calling it 3DS. That's what the system used to be. That uh, took out the 3D, but it has the clamshell shape to it. And uh, I guess you guys don't see this, but basically it looks like a Pokeball. So... You know, when you close the system, the upper half is red and the bottom half is white with a little circle in the center. And then once you open it up, it's red on the inside. It looks cool. I'm not a uh, Pokemon fan, though. How about this? You buy that game <laughs> or that bundle and you give the game to Mondo to see the next Pokemon and he can give you his regular we got a lot of combinations here. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, it's um, a win-win for everybody. But I don't know that this one includes a game, though. So, But anyway, this one releases on November 3rd. Uh, but you know the thing is, because um, I've been thinking about this uh, recently, which is um, I got my Metroid coming out within about a week or so. And it's getting good reviews. This, this Friday. Is a three, yeah, this is the 3DS one. And I was like, is it worth getting a... Not a 2DS because I actually like the 3D when it works. It's like, is it worth getting the new 3DS? You know, the one that had the better version of it. But I'm like, this is probably the last game I'm ever going to buy on this console. So I'm probably not. I'm probably going to make do with it. I have my Zelda. Just save that money know, for the edition. Switch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I, I just waved off on that one. But uh, let me keep going with some of the releases here. This one is interesting. Uh, and this is a game called Project Octopath Traveler. And these are the guys that made uh, Heavenly Bravely Default. Bravely Default? Yeah, I think that's, hey, that's a called. great game. Bravely Default. Yeah. So mm. let me describe this to you guys. Um, this is a pixelated uh, RPG, but what the backgrounds are kind of polygonal. And it's a Nintendo Switch game. So I think, James, this would be kind of up your alley there, potentially. Oh, by the way, a demo for the game is available right now in the eShop. So oh, when we're done, snap. go ahead and download that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession here, guys, which is I don't know if I can pass 
any Japanese RPG anymore. I, I hate to say it, this is what I got started with RPGs on, but I'm searching hard in my brain to think of the last Japanese RPG that I passed. Um, and I can't. And I bought Final Fantasy twelve. I started it, and I haven't, like, I just, you know, I bought a couple of things on uh, Vita. I just don't finish them. It's just, I don't know what it is that I don't feel compelled to sort of pass these. So with knowing that about myself, I might pass on this, but... What do you guys think? Uh, I'll wait on the reviews. It looks cool, like the aesthetic. I see what you mean, where it's um, kind of old school Super Nintendo, maybe a little bit more higher than that. Um, sprites combined with like kind of like a tilt shift looking polygonal yeah. world. Yeah. I heard Bravely Default was well rated. So curious to see how it is. Uh, I think these games are, would be better on the go than uh, playing it like on home on TV. That's where you feel more tedious rather than just pick up and go yeah. do a few rounds or grind a bit and move forward. <clears throat> but this is something I would wait on reviews for. All right. Well, definitely download that demo and let us know next week uh, what you think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. And then, uh, James, let's test your Nintendo fandom here. Mario Party, the top 100. And what this is is a not quite a fully sequel in the Mario Party, but it's basically a collection of literally the top 100 games. I don't know who voted on these things, but uh, the little mini games that were the best ones in Mario Party. Uh, is this something that you're going to pick up for your uh, Switch? I don't think it's for the oh, Switch. Oh, never mind. This is for never mind. This is for 3DS. So that's a no for me. I don't have a 3DS. No for you, but Mondo has a 3DS. That's a no for me as well, by the way. No. No, because I was uh, thinking speak- about all the mini games that it had in the previous uh, Mario Party uh, iterations or uh, in the um, in the handheld world, and none of them comes to mind that that that, that were great. So I don't know why they're doing this. I don't okay. Like well, uh, Mondo, you can help me with this one. What is Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Um, There's an update. Yeah, they're just trying to cash in. Basically, it's the uh, sun and moon versions, just ultra. They've added uh, uh, other areas within the map. They've added uh, a few more Pokemon and a few legendaries in there thrown in. And that's pretty much oh. it. That, that's it. That's, that's all. Is it a free to... update? Uh, no, it's actually... Uh, they're treating it like a separate game. Oh, but why does goodness. it say update, though? It really... I thought they were treating this like a like a separate game. I think I think you can buy it separately, or you can if you have the game, you it'll update it. Yeah, that might be something like that. Yeah, like expansion, perhaps. Hmm. I might look into it. Um, okay, well, keep that in mind, and um, I think that's about it. Um, anything else you guys see on this little page that you're interested in? Uh, no, not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I wanted to touch on, guys. Uh, arcade archives. Oh, yeah. And uh, cool, so what? In my opinion, what this is? This is coming for the Nintendo Switch, and it's not like a virtual console. This is the arcade version. And for those of you that are a bit young or you don't know that, a lot of times the Nintendo versions of uh, some of their classic games were slightly different in the arcades. And mm-hmm. so you know, a quick one that they pointed out as was the original Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers. In which it had a little extra animation that when you knocked a little turtle out of the shell, they'd be in their underwear and they'd crawl back into their shell. Um, one of the big ones for me was the uh, original version of Punch-Out! Yeah, with the, I saw that. I look- uh, with the Hulk-looking sort of well, pixelated. the wireframe. The wireframe character. I always thought he was like Hulk because he was like green hair oh, yeah. and all that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, with the wireframe and the double screen action there. Uh, and, and then you have like a recreation of the arcade cabinet kind of surrounding since it doesn't fill, fully fill up the screen. This is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I agree. It's really cool because I don't think they've ever put this specific collection anywhere, uh, the arcade specific ones. And I'm curious to know pricing. If it's like under 20 bucks, I think it's a good deal. But if it's like $30 and up, I don't know. I can wait on a sale. Mondo. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, to me, this has to be a compilation. If, imagine if they're trying to, you know, sell them each. Well, I guess it wouldn't be too bad. You skip the ones you don't like. That's but true. I'll cart. The pricing is the key here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. I think we're going on pretty long for our episode here. So uh, 
Thank you for listening to us. Let us know. Give us any. Uh, I, I actually didn't even check, guys, if we got any show feedback. I'm no hoping my email is just bursting with show feedback. I'm <laughs> really hoping. And if it is, burst it even more at uh, easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, if you agree with our Destiny talk, if you disagree. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention? Uh, for any NBA 2K fans out there, there is a demo out. Definitely check it out. And uh, it's out this weekend. So looking forward to talking about that next week. Awesome. Also, there is a new raid out for Destiny 2 owners today. And we'll, we'll be uh, giving you some little insight, maybe a highlight into uh, Destiny's new raid next week. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. Are you guys <laughs> going to go in at it blind or are you going to look up a guide? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is the first time that we have our contemplating doing that um all the other times we've we've always looked up a guy because they're very impenetrable to me at least uh however you know there's been a some expression rooney is really high on i want to go in fresh guys uh so i'm willing to give it a shot i don't know what's going to happen uh we just got news today that the first the world's first team did it in uh just under six hours and that's these guys that are pro raid guys I don't know how it's gonna long it's gonna take us, or if we can even figure this out. But you know, it, that's part of the fun. So you know, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I'm Mr. Easy Operations. So the moment these guys tap out, I'll be like, "Hold on, let me look at the guide." All right. <laughs> I feel you. So yeah, we'll see what happens on that. All right. Well, I'll see you guys online then. Okay. Sounds great. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody.